Hello and welcome to The Hardy Brain, the show that takes athletic, introverted entrepreneurs and leaders and transforms them into ironclad brain performers. I'm your host, Dr. David Hardy. And today on our show, we've got another amazing guest. He is an award-winning author, educator, consultant, entrepreneur, and speaker. 20 years of experience operating with the largest self-help franchise in the world. He has become a highly sought-after expert with personal improvement industry, having sold over 3 million of his self-help products worldwide. Welcome to the show, Dr. Patrick Porter. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. This is exciting. Uh, I've seen your devices. I've heard you speak before, and it is just amazing the things you're doing out there. Um, one thing was it really interesting, though, in your TED, TEDx talk there, uh, you come out on stage and your intro was, I am so blessed to be the son of an alcoholic. Uh, what on earth do you mean by that? <laughs> Well, I think if, if you can look at whatever your greatest liability is and you can champion that, that gives you your superpowers for the rest of your life. You know, instead of saying, poor me, my dad was an alcoholic. I should be sitting on a bar stool tonight instead of talking to you, you know, in following in his foot, foot, footsteps. I think if you can learn to take those limitations, they're a blessing in disguise. I mean, once you own them and you master them, then they no longer control you and you can control your life at that point. Right. But your your dad knew this too, right? And he was he was out to make some oh, yeah. improvements in himself, right? Yeah. Um Yeah. Well, My dad, luckily for him, uh, what happened was I the reason I one of the main reasons is he got help when I was about twelve years old, uh doing something called the Silva method. And uh in the the once he learned that he became a Silva instructor. And so I spent my childhood setting up classrooms and, you know, having 20, 30 people in a room and he would teach them the Silva method, which is a mind control uh, program that taught you to visualize and basically achieve your goals through your mindset. Wow. Okay. So how, how what was kind of the mindset uh, arena then since you were almost uh, an apprentice of his? <laughs> Yeah. Well, at the time, uh, the Catholic Church actually helped us out because my dad was such a chronic alcoholic. He would just everything would be going right or wrong. It didn't matter. Usually about every two to three weeks, he would get so drunk that we'd have to go find him somewhere. And then but once he learned that he could center himself, focus his brain, get into the alpha state and balance his brain through GSR machines is what they typically use, galvanic skin response systems. And he went, he went back to school to become a psychologist. And then we started using that same technology with athletes, actually a lot of athletes, you know, that have anxiety and fear, especially in the, the field of track and uh, things of that nature. We were, I remember helping out the Western Michigan uh, track team, a couple of players because they were, uh, they, they kept, uh, they changed the starter rules. It used to be you could false start twice, and then they changed it to only false starting once. And people were just, you know, they're getting knocked out of these invitationals, you know, right. because of their That's mindset. The roof. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So what we what we wanted to show them is if you can keep a calm mind, then you know when you look at the Olympic athletes or even the pro athletes, they're not stressed out. I mean, they, they might be stressed out before and after, but during their performance, they get into that flow state and. They just operate at a higher level. And that's really what we were teaching people. 
And the mindset is that the body knows what to do. You got to get the the conscious thoughts out of the way because you're not going to perform on game day. You you can't really make changes on game day. You got to just perform. You make the changes right. during practice days. And so yes. a lot of the performers we worked with, they they try to especially like in golf when we we've helped the golf team in Seminole College now four years in a row national champions, and the whole thing was about helping their alpha. We improved their alpha score ninety percent over the over the studies that we've done four different years with the studies with them. But the the main thing I think I'm proud of is that they had the highest GPA in the school because once you start operating in that alpha brainwave, you know you have that hypernesia, super memory state, and you just do everything better because you're relaxed and your brain functions better at that that kind of neutral state of the brain. Right. So we're going to dive into all the different brain waves here in a bit and really do a deep dive on on that side of things. Um, one thing, though, and uh, experiencing it yourself is that leap between pathology to performance. And yeah, when we hear alcoholic, um, we might not think elite athlete in the same sentence. Um, but what are you seeing that's kind of similar there? or that can take you from pathology to performance and anywhere in between? Well, a lot of these people that are uh, have addictions, they are peak performers. And the problem is they don't know how to come down. You know, they don't know how to turn <laughs> off the brain. Uh, you know, we have this, uh, we call it special forces brain, right? So they have this ever vigilance. Now that's really good when you're on the battlefield or you're on the playing field. And, you know, if you're a linebacker or whatever you're doing, my dad was a, an elite bowler he bowled a lot of 300 games and you know he was his his average was close to 680 you know which is pretty high for a bowler and the uh but then of course he would go to a tournament and not show up you know so you know things like that you know, so, so you you have to you have to balance it and a lot of times that you know when you're in those peak performance moments you've got to have peak performance and you've got to be able to slow down. There's a, there was a study done actually on mice where they, they actually showed a mice can the first, the first time they let it kind of tread water, it didn't last 18 minutes. But then the next time they took it out of the water at 16 minutes, let it rest, put it back in the water. It lasted over three days. So wow. the, the thing is that once the brain knows it can stress and relax, it's the, it's the relaxation that's most important in, in, our partners in the professional world is Tom Brady's group called TBRX. They're the partners with BrainTap. And the whole idea, the whole idea between what Tom Brady does in his group TBRX with Dr. Cummings and, and Peter Alex Aguera is recovery. Most people wait for yes. a breakdown to have a breakthrough. And the reality is that you need to prehab. I love that when when I first met with them and they said they're using BrainTap for prehab, I said, I love that. That's exactly what you want to do. You don't want to yes. wait till your brain or your body breaks down. You want to be prehabbing it all the time because just with metabolic function, you know, the brain is breaking down after about 27 years old, you know, we're on a downward trajectory unless we do something to upgrade that brain function and keep it. The brain is designed to heal, but if we don't give it the right materials or give it the right brain training, it's going to just atrophy because that's what it's designed to do because it, it unwires. Uh, I think most people don't understand neuro pruning, you know, that it's just as important as neuroplasticity, you know, so and that's what's happening to a lot of these athletes when they're done playing their sport, they've never rehabbed their brain and they've undergone all this stress. When you 
they, they say during the COVID year, the average brain shrunk three quarters of an inch. And that was done because of when you have stress, you have blood flow restriction. So whatever we can do to get blood flow expansion and anywhere there's blood flow, there's also lymphatic vessel. Now we know it as the glial-lymphomic system, of course. And so if you don't have that good drainage system in the brain, especially in these sports, you're going to get toxic brain and eventually you're going to get headaches and you're not going to want to train. You're not going to want to. So recovery. And I believe this is why TBRX and Tom Brady lasted so long is that they spent just as much time in recovery as they did in training. And a lot of people miss out on that piece. I think a lot of people are, and we're talking about athletes here. And of course there is that mentality just, continue to work hard. And if things aren't working, then you work harder. Um, but now in the athletic world, yeah, we are understanding rest and recovery a little bit, but uh, obviously what you're doing takes it to a, a way better level. Um, but speak to how this also transforms into everyday life for professionals or for parents. Cause I see so many people burnt out, overwhelmed. And you talked about COVID and that extra stress we had with brain shrinkage. Um, what about the general population and those billion brains you're trying to get better? Yes. Yeah, exactly. You know, Mike Tyson has a saying, everybody has a plan until they get hit. Right? Yes. <laughs> so everyone in the world has a plan till they get hit, you know, and most people don't realize that we're getting hit in ways we don't even know. I, I do a talk now where I show what my brain looked like before I left New Bern, North Carolina and flew to California and how bad it is. And I'm just sitting on an airplane and I fly a lot. So to me, I didn't feel any stress physiologically. My brain, I was checked out, but my nervous system, because we can measure it with something called the NeuroCheck, which is a piece of technology I helped to invent. It takes about five minutes. We can measure parasympathetic, sympathetic drive, and we can measure neurohormonal function. And my body crashed, and we can actually measure the speed in which it changes. So just like heart rate variability, we're now learning that nervous system flexibility is just as important. So when you say, how does it translate? How quickly can, when that car pulls in front of you, and you're yelling at it and telling them they're number one or whatever you're doing, you know, <laughs> so that you, can, you can go around them. How quickly can you forget that? And, and, you know, when you think of people like professional athletes, like, like Brady throwing three interceptions in the first half, then throwing four in the second half and winning the Super Bowl, that's because he was able to have neuro, neuro flexibility. He didn't get stuck in the negative. And I think most people get stuck in the negative and they don't realize that, they can flip the channel, they can flip the switch, but you got to practice that. And that really comes down to breathing. Your breath controls so much of brain function and heart function. And most people hold their breath all day long. And it's, you know, if you're getting, if you're getting, um, now they'll go, that's crazy. I'm still breathing. But if you've ever caught yourself, if you're out there listening and you go, <gasps> you know, you kind of have that hiccup kind of feeling, that means you were just holding your breath. And so, you know, when you're holding your breath, you can actually measure that sympathetic drive going up, going up, going up. And then once you get into what we like to call neurological lock, that's why you're going to a chiropractor and, or doing something or having a good laugh or a good cry sometimes can get your nervous system out of those, uh, that 
sympathetic That's because fun. it just keeps accelerating. It's like putting yeah. the foot. It's like uh, <laughs> putting your foot on the gas pedal, but you're trying to put on the gas brake at the same time. It's not going to happen. You know, if, if you've got the gas mashed down, you're going to keep pulling forward. Right. Yeah. And like breathing is involuntary until you think about it. Um, so there is this aspect that, yeah, cognition and being aware can fire down and help us change things, that mindset approach. Um, but a lot of times people aren't going to be aware of that. As right. you said, on a plane, I didn't know I was stressed out. Um, <laughs> this is all unconscious drivers that are hitting our nervous system and brain. Um, but you've come up with ways to hack that. Uh, what are you doing? Well, the, the main thing, of course, is our technology brain tap. But in, in you have to do it. There's three different times of the day when you really can hack your brain to get the results you want. In the morning, we need to hack a brainwave called SMR which probably your listeners know because you've probably talked about it for learning and things like that. When, when a student is in the classroom and they can't remember things, it's because of stress and they downregulated their alpha. And so now they can't get information across the hippocampus, in, which is going to give them memories. You know, and everybody has a perfect memory. They just don't have recall of where it's at. You know, it's kind of like the guy that says, <laughs> I know this is in here somewhere and they got this pile of stuff, you know. The, the brain remembers everything. It's the recall system. So how do you train that? In the morning, you wake up and you do, you can do breath of fire or you can do some kind of rapid breathing techniques that they have, you know, to clear that out. Or you can use technology. In our case, we're using light, sound and vibration. And what happens is that will trigger the neuropronephrine, the cortisol release and everything that most people rely on coffee for, which I'm a big believer that coffee shouldn't be drank before 10 o'clock in the morning. And because we don't want the brain to regulate, we, we don't want to give up. If your brain gets a chance to turn over its power or, or not to use its own energy, it's going to do it in a heartbeat. And then yes. what happens is now, now people will have to use coffee to wake up. And I believe that we should do some kind of form of exercise or get out and get grounded. Uh, look at the sunrise before 10 o'clock in the morning, you know, so you don't get the UV rays and things. Get that light in your eyes to reset that circadian rhythm. That's number one, because so many people, they sleepwalk through the day. And when we measure oh, their brains, yeah, yeah, when we measure brains in the lab, I am amazed at the percentage of delta activity that's going on when people are awake. And uh, I know that they're so tired because it's like pulling a parachute all day long. And they don't realize that all they need to do is reset their brain. In in our brain, unfortunately, kind of works like a Microsoft computer. We need to reboot it, you know. So, so you know, no matter what you do, we got to clear out the cache and we got to we got to get the thing going again. In the brain, oh god, I hope my brain's it. working better than that, though. Yeah, well, luckily he didn't. He didn't create the code. Somebody much smarter. Somebody much smarter than Microsoft created the code. But, but it, the problem is that we get. You know, the day-to-day -day grind gets in there and some people don't get up until they're efficiently stressed. Right. They lay in bed until the anxiety is so crippling. Now they got to get out of bed because they can't lay there anymore and think about it. So I, I believe getting, getting up in the morning, doing something positive for yourself, drink a large glass of water with some mineral salts in it. And because think of your brain as a battery. And all day long, all night long, you were sleeping, but your brain was processing yesterday and all of your life up to that moment in time. 
trying to figure out how it's going to help you today. It's not figuring out how to sabotage you. It's figuring out, but it doesn't know that what you're doing on a day-to-day basis is sabotaging you unless you take that downtime to focus on it. And then so the right other now, thing- right now, what I am thinking though, too, is if I'm up in Canada. So right now, daylight is limited and it sucks. So right. waking up and putting on a device such as yours with brain tap uh, can actually start to get my brain awake and get me away from this depression and sadness I get this time of year, correct? Right. When you, For those that don't understand light, light is the most underprescribed nutrient today. It could be in the form of a laser or LED. It doesn't have to be brain tap, but we're talking about brain tap right now. Uh, what we want to do is every piece of every cell has a power plant called mitochondria. Its whole job is to absorb light energy and transmit light energy. If you have adequate amount of energy, then your epigenetic system functions properly because every 40 seconds, every genetic pair is either being upgraded or downgraded based on the energy that you have, the food you consume, the thoughts you think, basically everything in the universe is affecting you in your universe, I should say, the lights you're under, the people you're around. So if you add in, if you can, the term now is bio, I didn't know it was biohacking in the eighties, but the, uh, you know, the, uh, you know, the, this health optimization is that our body needs light in, in, you know, with lasers and different technologies like this, we know that the body receiving the right wavelength of light, the right frequency of light, the cells actually will respond and return back to, in science terms, back to the natural Krebs cycle, which means the cells are purifying themselves, producing the energy it needs. And it bypasses the digestive tract because it's Every cell has something called a chromoform on it, which is a little battery that absorbs light, sound, and vibrational energy. So we can either let the universe do it in the form that it is, or we can optimize it. And today, what we're finding is in order to optimize our health, we need to add in, just like we have to add in nutrients. You know, my, my number one thing for brain health is you cannot think a bad diet. So you've got to have a good diet. You've got to have nutrition. Um, you can't think unless you're you know, an alchemist, you know, like St. Germain or right. something, you're not going, you, you've got to take in some kind of brain supplement. I'm not here to talk about that. There are other people that are a lot smarter about that. I usually follow their advice and make sure we get omega threes and, you know, different things like that. I like niacin. If somebody's out there having a mental problem right now, they think, and by the way, I don't think we have the mental problem that people are talking about. We have a physiological problem. Their nervous yes, system is locked in sympathetic, sympathetic yeah. drive. Thank you and, for saying that. <laughs> I, yeah. so, I completely yeah. agree. <laughs> you can't disconnect the two. So many people think, oh, I, my physiology is different than my psychology. There is no difference. You, you are your psychology. You are your physiology. They work hand in glove. And if you can't do one without the other, you know, it's, it's like so many people think, oh, I'm just going to take this niacin and it's going to help me. You can take niacin and it might get more blood flow and circulation to the brain, but now you've got to exercise that brain. You got to get up and move and breathe and you've got to do some kind of mindfulness meditation. If you're going to do, it could be brain tap, could be some kind of neurofeedback, something that's going to work the brain waves because our brain waves, unfortunately, they become less and less effective over time simply because of lack of use. We're, we're used to, if, if you think of ancient traditions, I mean, 100 years ago, we were challenged daily 
to be creative. We were challenged daily to problem solve. Now it's like, oh, dang, I, I don't get my movie on time or I can't binge watch this TV show or, you yeah. know, my Doritos are stale. You know, whatever's going on, you know, it's a totally different problem set than what we had before. It's but, massive. Uh, and yeah, kind of the analogy too, because so many people are focused on nutrition. And then of course, when they don't see results with nutrition, then they fall back. And right. they haven't changed their physiology yet. Uh, so yeah. kind of the analogy I use is, yeah, with with a car, we're more advanced than a car, obviously, is yeah. to take all the junk out of it, your detox, and then put the right fuels into it. But then you have to drive the damn thing. <laughs> right, that's right. <laughs> and we're not exactly. driving the thing, are we? <laughs> yeah. Now, I mean, are, they, we're drive- are we're driving yeah, it too much? And this yeah. kind of goes into, yeah, we talked about, oh, how to, how to wake up and get alert so that we're functional throughout the day and that it's sustainable. Um, but what about on the other side of things with light, sound, vibration uh, to bring people back down so that they can go to sleep and recover oh, yeah. and heal? Yeah, we have, a, we have a series. We call it Sleep RX, <clears throat> mainly because when you get in that high sympathetic drive, what happened? I mean, a lot of times when I'm talking about that high delta, what we've seen, we've done live scans at night before people go to bed. And these people that have insomnia, their brain flips. Now it becomes right. their wake up brain while they're trying to sleep because now their body and all that inflammation that they have, they're not they having have to move their body anymore. Yeah. yeah. So, so now their brain goes, oh, wow, I can now do all my thinking for the day. Well, we don't want that. We want to, we want to, we want to really eliminate beta as much as possible. And beta is our reactionary mind for those that aren't familiar with that. And so we need that mind. We need about 45% of our brain in beta when we're awake driving. But when we're sleeping, if we could get zero, that's going to be great because we need at least an hour of deep delta. And for those that haven't read about the glial-lymphomic system, it only operates or turns on during deep level four sleep. So that means the quicker we can get to deep level four sleep, which is the breathing technique I recommend for that is the four, eight breath where you breathe into the count of four, breathe out to the count of eight, because you're going to exercise your nervous system. I think every chiropractor should be teaching that to their patients because most people don't know how to exercise their nervous system other than to watch a scary movie. When somebody goes, why do people like scary movies? It's because they want to feel something because their nervous system's locked, you know, so they get the crap scared out of them and then they feel something and they go, (laughs) wow, that was cool. But it's not a good feeling, you know. It's not a good for the nervous system. Not at all. Can, no. And and I've I've had just doing that four eight breath, which for those listening that haven't ever done it, you just breathe into the count of four, you connect the breath, so there's no pauses, and you breathe out to the count of eight. I've had people that have been snorers their whole life that will within three weeks, their wife or their husband, whoever is not the snorer, says, "Wow, what are you doing?" Because they train themselves to go into that deep cycle. Snoring to me is like having a car in the driveway. The engine's still on, but you took the keys out. But it, and then you go out in the morning, you go, hey, why don't I have any gas in my tank? Because it's trying to get through those brain waves. We're all constantly moving. That brain is doing, not only is it cleansing itself, it's taking all the memories and it's sorting, organizing, and polarizing them so that you have useful information in the future based on your current whatever your current knowledge base is. So you're not, do, you're not doing nothing. That's why when somebody says, I can't meditate because I can't just sit there and do nothing. 
you're doing a lot of neurological work. You know, you're, you're doing, doing a ton. <laughs> yeah. You know, you're, yeah. you know, the brain is doing so much neurological work. You're doing neural pruning. You're doing neuroplasticity. You're, you're accessing memories. You're, you're, you're prioritizing. You're so busy during the day that your brain doesn't have time. I say, think about it like every, every memory you have is like a piece of paper on a stack. And you have to at night go through that stack and organize them or just gets another stack gets put on top of that stack. And then another stack gets put on. You've got to go through it sooner or later. So what happens is people will have a breakdown and then they'll finally have to go through that stack. You know, so why don't you just do it daily or do it, you know, every day? So at night, when you we train the brain to go into this deep cycle, Delta, and the quicker you can get to Delta, the more deep sleep you have. And we know that there's a misnomer about sleep that we found, and it's been true everywhere. Every sleep study we've done, and we've done quite a few. We did we did the latest sleep study we did was with a group in Australia where we took coal miners. So when you think of somebody who never they never see the light of day, you know, and we improved their sleep scores by 70% in three weeks by having them do the morning session, the afternoon session, and the evening session. And uh, they the, the the what happened was we could get them. First of all, we had to get them to stop drinking because they were really bad. I mean, every one of them, they they drank to go to sleep, but they didn't realize we showed them. We had them wearing uh, what's called a, a bio strap and it could measure sleep while they're in. We said just we had to get a baseline for a week. And that's what we knew they were drinking because they they wouldn't sleep for like four hours. They're in bed for four hours. And I said, they, what, what's going on? I said, well, you're metabolizing all that alcohol. Your body is not even going to start <laughs> the sleep cycle till you metabolize all that alcohol. And, and right. out of, we had 23 people, I think, and we ended up with 26 that could stop drinking enough to do the study, you know, because <laughs> you can't really yeah. work on the brain while it's un- intoxicated. You know, yeah. it's just, you know, there, I tell people there's a reason they call it spirits. You know, something's taken over your brain, you know, and it's okay <laughs> if you want to have a glass of wine or drink a little bit. I'm not against that, but it's like to the point of passing out is there's a problem. But once we did that, what, what we showed them was, hey, you can, and they said they were drinking to relax, right? So it's very similar right. to what my dad was going through. So once they realized that they could use brain tap, they could use the breathing techniques that we teach them to relax, they didn't need the alcohol anymore at night. And we told them, you don't have to stop drinking just for just for the 21 days of the study. <laughs> you know, so yeah. luckily, at the end of the study, every one of them said that they were going to just continue on because once you start feeling good, you don't want to go back. But once exactly. we have- once you have an hour of deep sleep and two hours of REM sleep, you can crush any sleep score that's out there. Because most people only get the, these coal miners. The average person got a minute and a half of deep sleep before the study. A minute and a half, which means Whoa. they were so they, they were they were so toxic. Their brain was so they they never detoxed. Their glial-lymphomic system never really opened up. And so they were, and they had headaches and they had pain and they go, what happened to my pain and my headaches? Well, that was all the toxic buildup. I, I told them, I said, you know, in there, I was talking about, you know, the city, if everybody put their trash out every week and the trash bin never came, but you kept putting your trash out pretty soon, you wouldn't be able to get down the road. That's your bloodstream. So we've got to make sure the trash man can come and that's the lymphatic system. So we need to, we need the trash man to come take out the trash. And now we know that if we can keep the cells clean of toxins, right, the trauma toxin thought model, then we can keep the brain and body functioning at its highest level. 
But if you can't, yes. you can't just do whatever, you've got to work it. And so once they started doing that, they started finding that their sleep cycles, the sooner, and we could get them into with, with a weight brain tap, we could get them into deep delta within 30 minutes. Most people, it takes four hours. So if you want to have more deep sleep, you got to start the cycle quicker. You know, so, so the brain isn't designed to really do it as fast as BrainTap teaches, but the session's only 30 minutes. So we've got to get them there as quick as possible. <laughs> and then we just drop right. them off. We don't bring them back. Like most of the BrainTap <laughs> sessions at the end, we bring them back into uh, low alpha, which is a creative mind. And we can naturally wake up from there because that's usually what we do in the morning. So with Delta, with the Delta training, we take them through some cycles and then we just drop them off and, and basically at 0.5 and just leave them there for the last two minutes of the session. And most brains will just stay there for as long as it can maintain it, then it will kick back in. But as long as we can't, as long as they don't pop back out into beta, they're going to keep that sleep cycle going. Wow. So basically they're going to basically feel like they, they're asleep with the device on, wake up, take it off and then fall back into deep sleep. Right. A lot of them just <laughs> never the equipment off. They just did it. And some we did it with half the group did it with just our app with the earbuds. So you could sleep oh, okay. with those on if you wanted to. So yeah, yes, you can get yeah. the result. You don't get it, the result as fast. It took six weeks with the people who just used the audio version. Uh, one thing to note for people that don't understand is your visual cortex uses 100% of the brain, actually. So when you close your eyes without light stimulus, you shut down about 30% of the brain function because the brain's going to say, woohoo, we get a chance to uh, not use as much energy. So it's going to downregulate. So, so the retinal flashing does that. And we put the ear lights in because we need energy in the brain and all the blood from the brain goes in and out of the ears first. So we can blood dope. We can, light energy is absorbed by, by the red blood cells. So the hemoglobin absorbs that photaic energy, drives it into the brain. And when it finds that cell that's just about to die, the apoptosis is happening. It will exchange that photon for the nucleus of the cell in the mitochondria will kick back on, just like a laser, just like it would for any healing apparatus using light. Right. So in these coal miners, is there a follow-up study, like quality of life and uh, extension of life maybe on the average yeah. then too? The, the uh, Dr. Nick Known, who's our, our psychologist that worked with us over there, he's uh, he works there. I mean, that's what he does. So he's, he's following oh, okay. up with them. And... They actually kept a, we kept a brain tap room there. They have four chairs and four brain taps. So, and he said that they're continuing to use them, the 23 people. And he said that they've had about 10 of the other coal miners that were not in the study before coming in and using it now because they're telling people about it. And it's free for them because we, we gave them the equipment if they did the, did the study. So they're still using it. Now, the study is about uh, seven months completed. So usually we go back and we'll do like we did with our concussion study we did in Gaylord, Michigan. We showed one year after our study, uh, the people that used BrainTap over that didn't had between a 30 to 70 percent neurological benefit over the people that didn't use anything after their their uh, concussion. So right. then, of course, we we allowed them to use it after that. But we wanted to see because a lot of people say, well, what happens after the fact, just like what you're asking? And the thing is that once the brain heals you know, the brain's designed to heal just like the body. So yes. once it's designed to heal, it can go back to uh, its normal function. Now, with prolonged abuse again, it's going to go right back yeah. to, <laughs> to what happened. That's, so hopefully we've changed their mindset and they'll take care of their brain now. And 
you know, now he's teaching them about nutrition. I would, if they were clients, I would have been teaching them about nutrition and movement therapy at the same time. But when you're doing a study, you know, you've got to kind of isolate what you're going to work on and see. Right. Limit the variables. And, and that's too, why a lot of studies don't translate into, into the real world is it's, it's multi prone and there's so many different factors. And, uh, if we haven't blown the mind of pe- minds of people listening in on this, uh, you're also involved in the International Quantum University of Integrative Medicine. So what are like the high, high kind of mind blowing things then that you're uh, learning and teaching at, at this as well? Well, you know, in I'm a psychologist, but I've done a lot of work with chiropractors. You know, they, they talk about thoughts. And I don't think people understand the, the power of the thoughts and also the power of the presence of, the, of you. Like when I walk into the room, uh, every cell of your body, like I said, the mitochondria is transmitting and receiving information all the time in the form of light. Healers aren't just, everybody's a healer. Everybody is an 8, 10 nanometer light generator. So when you walk in the room, I'm sure um, when I talk to chiropractors, I said, have you ever walked in the room and heard their back crack? And you didn't touch them yet? Oh, yeah. And then, and I said, that's because you're not really doing it. It's the energy in the space. Now, physically, you can do things. We did an, one of the things we did with this with Ted Corin, who does the Corin specific technique, which is non, you don't touch anybody. It's like spooky stuff. We took, and we did this for Quantum University, is why I'm bringing it up, because I wanted to show spooky action at a distance. So Ted was on the stage with a guy. Uh, talking with his mic and they and we had a guy hooked up to the EEG out in the hallway with a guy named Dr. Richard Barwell, who we had his, his EEG called the Neuro Infinity. And you you get a you get a cortical response right when you get the stress response and all that. So we told Ted not to tell us when he was going to make the adjustment. So the screen out in the hallway was up on the screen in the classroom. So everybody's in the classroom. There's 300 people looking at the screen. Ted makes the adjustment. The guys in the out there, he doesn't know what's happening. Boom, he gets an adjustment, cortical response on the screen, exact same time. He never touched him. Wow. It was done at a distance. So the intention plays a big role and the the belief of the practitioner plays a big role. That's probably one of the most mind blowing, but but what we believe at quantum university and it's becoming true is all this spiritual stuff that we're talking about really in quantum physics, it's really ancient traditions and we're making modern technology out of it. You know, we're figuring out that they, they knew something, maybe they didn't know exactly why or how it was happening, but they knew the end result was something was going on. And now because of quantum physics, we can kind of show Hey, this is what's happening. Like when we can take fractal mathematic dynamics is what we're what we do with our the new device that I created called the NeuroCheck, where we can measure nine different parameters of the nervous system, and we verified it with like the Shiva, which is a seventy-two channel EEG. And they go, "How can you do that in three minutes over there?" And it takes us forty-five minutes here, you know, just to hook them up, you know, (laughs) because. It's an equation. Everything is, when you break it all down, it's really a math problem. And everything is energy. So when you think of everything in the universe is teeming with energy and life, and once we know 
you know, what's known to the universe is known to a single neuron, and that single neuron is known to the rest of the universe. No, we don't have all the answers yet, but what we're saying is in healing, your belief in the healing is much more important than what they're doing to heal you. You know, in like Bruce Lipton, who's one of our professors, a traveling professor, really, because he doesn't really do much anymore. But when he, he you know, this, the biology belief book is something that when I had my franchise company, every franchisee was required to read that book because your belief is so important. You know, the, the, just putting into perspective today, if you live a life where you believe that life is a series of threats, your immune system downregulates, you become sicker, you have less, you have more trouble with your health. If you believe that life is a series of challenges, your immune system gets bolstered, you're, you know, you're able to handle and manage these things that seem to cripple everybody else because we have a thinking immune system. They call it the psychoimmune system. Psycho, so the psychoimmunology that we have, it plays a role in your thoughts. And so I think that what we're doing at Quantum University is taking energy medicine. Like we can measure a Reiki master. We can measure them. Actually, there is energy there. Now, if you had told me that back in the 70s when I first was doing this with my dad and graduating from high school, I'd have thought, that guy's crazy. There's nothing coming right. out of his hands. <laughs> you, know? but did a, you can actually measure now photaic release from the heart. So they did a study during um, COVID. And they found that people that were in a state of peace, love, and joy actually transmitted 200 times more light energy from their heart than people that were in a state of fear and anxiety and frustration. So, you know, you want to choose to be light rather than right. choose to be, you know, in fear. And But you have to practice that. So it's just like that game time performance, like how we started. Everybody waits till they get hit to try to do it. You got to plan that. You got to know that, yeah, something's going to happen. That's fine. Like what I show in my talk that I talk about flying across the country is I showed what happened 20 minutes after I did brain tap. I was actually better than when I left Newburn. I said, so nice. I got hit. Big deal. <laughs> you know, you've got to have the recovery method. Everybody has to have a recovery method because, you know, not everything is going to go our way unless, I mean, people greater than me have been on the planet and not everybody liked them and everything didn't go their way. Some they actually crucified. So, I mean, you know, th there are things that, so life isn't always going to be, give you what you want, but you need to know that you can control the state between your ears. You know, I you can control it. that state between your ears. You have the most power. You know, when, when Buddha said, he who angers you conquers you, he was really stating a medical truth because when you are angry or upset with another person, they typically don't feel it, but you do physiologically. Your brain has to create those neurochemicals of hate, fear, anxiety, and then it cripples you. It begins to destroy you from the inside out. That's why when he said, he who angers you conquers you, you know, and when, you know, when you, when you love your enemy, they also, I did a, um, an experiment. We went over to India. I do a lot with India. Actually, last year I was blessed to be voted the researcher of the year in India which is kind of incredible because they're the big researchers of meditation. But uh, I work with Ames, the Ames Institute there and we got voted as a team. Uh, we showed how pranayama breathing does the same thing as brain tap. Cause I'm, I'm trying to prove out how ancient traditions and modern technology work. You know, there's a correlation there, but, but the, um, in this study we did with, it's called a heartfelt meditation. And what, what their guru Daji was, we wanted to prove out was, 
the person, what you do is you sit in meditation, you visualize energy coming from your heart to another person, like healing energy, like you're going to heal somebody like a Reiki, but you're doing it just with your thoughts through your heart. And so, and we hooked both people up to EG, heart rate variability and all those things. And what we found out was the person who was projecting the energy actually got a better result than the person receiving the energy. Really? So when you're wow. the person, you're actually praying through, you're praying through yourself. So you get all the benefit and you get to give it away. So, you know, that that's, the, I think, I think that's one of the keys to us as a culture, because we are a community of cells, just like our body. And if we would be more of a community, there'd be more healing out there. And that's one of the things, the coherency experiments and things like that we're doing at Quantum University is just showing that, you know, as a healing community, we have to work better together than trying to think there's, there's not this big guru that's going to heal everybody. We're all our own guru and we just have to activate that innate intelligence. That's going to do that work for us. Is that going to be the next book? You are your own guru. <laughs> I actually just wrote, I just got a, um, Hay House just uh, gave me an advance on a book I'm writing called Brain Fitness Blueprint. So nice. giving me a year to write it. So that's, that's my next book. Right <laughs> <now>. <laughs> well, my intention is with you on that one. Uh, and I look forward to it being, being done in eight months. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, so how do people find out more information about everything that you've brought up, uh, that you've shared with us and empowered us with, uh, what's the best, uh, source to get you and, uh, all this information. Well, my website is drpatrickporter, drpatrickporter.com. Uh, and it's going to direct you also to braintap.com. And then uh, on social media, it's the same thing at drpatrickporter. We a lot of YouTube videos, you know, I'm doing a lot there. And now that our social media team's cutting up all the different talks and things like that, they got little reels. So you don't have to, you don't have to listen through an hour. You can, you can get, you know, two, three minute bite-sized pieces. And we've kind of, we're kind of breaking it out and doing things like that. So they can find me, you know, if they just type in my name, they'll find me everywhere. So. Perfect. Well, thank you for everything you've shared with us and for attacking and going for bettering a billion brains. Uh, society is going to be, be benefiting from all the work you've done. And definitely for the people listening in, Check out Patrick Porter, Brain Tap, and stay tuned to the next episode of The Hardy Brain, the show that takes athletic, introverted entrepreneurs and leaders and transforms them into ironclad brain performers. Take care. <laughs>